best stuff. Welcome to episode 19 of Good Stuff Sports, the show where we get to know those in and around the sports that we love. And on today's episode, I talked to Frank Gallo from the band Roly Poly Guacamole, who's put out their first original single since 2014, and it is topical, and it is timely, and it's called A Bada Bada. And if you're anything like us here in the Good Stuff household, we are psyched for the World Series. Of course, we would have been a little more psyched if it had been Astros Cubs, but what are you going to do? We are... uh, Well, I won't tell you who we're rooting for, but it's the AL team. Did I give too much away? But that's just us. I hope that whoever your team is, that they win. And it was great to talk to Frank. We covered a wide variety of topics. We talked about training for marathons. We talked about the New York Marathon. We talked about Frank's athletic upbringing, why he loves sports, what he loves about sports, and we... I mean, we, we got talked about a whole bunch of things. We talked about the Bam Primus. We talked about Randy Macho Man Savage. Ooh, yeah! I'll never do that again. But, you know, if uh, there's a certain demographic in the world that's going to understand what I was trying to do and why I was trying to do it. And uh, and I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to leave it in because that's, that's what we do. I'm going to play a clip of the song, the brand new song, A Bada Bada by Roly Poly Guacamole, and then play my conversation with Frank. And if you stay tuned all the way to the end, you can hear the full song of A Bada Bada. It's pretty amazing. Talk to you at the end of the show. It is very exciting to welcome Frank Gallo from Roly Poly Guacamole back to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Frank? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you again. It's good to talk to you too. You know, we we've we've heard the beginnings of Roly Poly Guacamole. We've heard a little bit of your background and and this is an opportunity to sort of expand on some other parts of what makes you you, which is like a very like <laughs> very very big statement, but you uh you are a you're a would you say you're a sports person? Let's just get into it that way. Would you call yourself a sports person? Well, you know, it's kind of a loaded question. I guess, you know, I grew up in suburban New Jersey. So, and my dad, uh, as we, we talked with him last time, he is a, a, since I was born anyway, he's always been a marathon runner. So, uh, to that extent, uh, yes, you know, I'm, I'm definitely um, been around an athletic family uh, growing up. And like all my uncles, you know, played football. And so, uh, and I, you know, I played sports as a kid, so I always liked sports. And growing up in New Jersey, um, you know, it was the time of the New Jersey Devils, so I, I was really into ice hockey. Uh huh. Like the Martin Brodeur era. Yeah, it was the Martin Brodeur era. Uh huh. I think he, you know, I think it was in like fourth grade when they won the cup. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, and I played ice hockey, and I played, um, you know, I played little league. I, I was actually uh, uh, really into wrestling uh, growing up you know, with the WWF kind of wrestling, but then oh. I, I, started, I started wrestling, 
you know, actual like singlet wrestling in second grade. And I would go to like West Point wrestling camp and, you know, I won lots of like, I wrestled, I think up to like seventh grade and I won some, you know, I won the districts a couple of times and I went to the regional. So I've always been pretty athletic, you know, but I've always balanced it with arts. Like I also won the poetry contest in in grammar school and stuff like that. So I've always been kind of like, uh, like an, an artsy jock i guess i I believe you are you are the renaissance man i believe is what it's what it's called so i have to i can't let this opportunity go by because i am a a once you know like lapsed wwe fan then back into it and lapsed and back into it and it's like sort of always been a part of my life are you do you still follow it are you still interested in it no uh i like the i like the original i like the old stuff so i I like i actually you know when I, uh, I I got a place in New Jersey a couple, uh, well, almost like five years ago now, and I started going to the video store a lot when there was still a video store. Now it's it's gone, but uh, I was I, I have the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior like collection, which oh. is like you know it's like a three they're each three disc sets, and uh, oh man, so I kind of you know like it. It's actually um, we I, Andrew and I also play uh, rock, rock and roll. Uh, in a top secret rock and roll band, but uh, uh-huh. the uh, the WWE promos that they do before matches is really helpful for like stage presence for for non kids music, like how to uh, how to address adult audiences. I find <laughs> uh, I try to emulate the you know like <laughs> Ultimate Warrior uh, the way that they talk is just uh, it's very much like uh, kind of modern politicians talk. Yeah. Know? You got to hit your points. You got to be in, out. You got to, you got to have some emotion behind it. You got to have some passion behind it. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Macho Man is is my favorite. But let's not. That's not- mine too. I was, I was, I was a very good Macho Man uh, for uh, ha- Halloween when I was five. Oh, yeah. Like I was the wedding suit with the fringe and the gold <laughs> and the cowboy hat, and my mom like really. And I had a beard. I don't know what, how, but in the be- in the pictures, the beard reads really legit. Like I looked like a mini Macho Man. <laughs> and then in second grade, I got like the one you buy in the store costume with the mask, and it was terrible. But yeah, uh-huh. kindergarten Macho Man was my that's was amazing. Kinder- my best Halloween costume ever. I know Halloween is coming up. Yeah, that's that is true. Um, so I yeah. I could talk about wrestling all day. Anyway, in, in, anyway, the, in the glory back, days. Back back, back to sports. <laughs> uh, yeah. So on again, off again, both as a fan and as a athlete. So I feel like you know after I went to college, I kind of fell off. Uh, I was I was you know working in music stores and and stuff like that. So I wasn't doing as many sports. And then I kind of started getting back into running again. And then the last uh, several years, I've been doing I do like Bikram yoga, oh, okay. uh, which is like a hot yoga and. Uh, and Andrew and I, uh, Andrew actually, and, and my roommate started doing a uh, Jeet Kwon Do about a year and a half ago or something. Okay. So I was kind of making fun of them at first and then they both started getting really buff. So I, I was like, I can't, can't be upstaged by these guys who I live with. So, <laughs> so I joined. And so now, yeah, I kind of personally, I do Jeet Kwon Do, Bikram Yoga and running. Those are my kind of three main sports and they all kind of balance each other out because they, yeah yoga helps you stretch and and um and you know my dad the reason i'm running so much is because of my dad it's has been his lifelong dream that we will one day uh, run the new york marathon together Mm. um so we were both doing they have this thing with new york where if you do nine races you get into the marathon automatically um it's called nine plus one so you do nine races and you volunteer for one and then you get in 
And so we both did that this year. So next year we're going to run the marathon together. Wow. That's awesome. But, but I just happened to put in for the, um, the lottery this year and almost nobody ever gets the lottery on their first try. Usually you get rejected like for two or three years. And then if you get rejected three times on the fourth year, they have to let you in. So people wait up to four years to run the New York marathon. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't, I immediately got in and they immediately <laughs> debit your credit card as soon as you win the lottery. So at that point you've spent hundreds of dollars on a race. That's like a year away uh-huh. or six months away. So I'm running it in two weeks now, you know, uh, so. Oh, uh, so the marathon is in two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks, I'm going to be, okay. I'm going to be, run, I'm just running to finish this year. I'm not really running for a time. Okay. Uh, I ran the Staten Island half marathon this past weekend in about two hours and I think nine minutes. Okay. And, and I'd run the Brooklyn half marathon faster, actually, earlier this year in two hours and two minutes. Yeah. So. Uh, but it doesn't quite you, – you'd think it would just be like double, uh, but it doesn't work out that way. Apparently, after like 20 miles, your your mind starts to like really not want to move your body anymore. And it's a – I've never actually run that far. So it, it will be interesting for me. Uh, like they say when you train, you're supposed to do like a 20 or 22-mile run. And the most I've got up to is 17 miles. So I feel a little okay. bit underprepared, but I'm going to go for it. You know, Sure. Yeah, so I I just did some quick math, and if you did the, I think you said the Staten Island half marathon in two hours, that's like nine minute mile the whole way, right? That- yeah, yeah. Well, I did the Brooklyn one in two hours. This one oh, was sorry. two and so uh-huh. this was about nine forty. Yeah. Something. So that's a pretty um, solid pace, you know. Like yeah, I I, I was pre- I was doing pretty good, and honestly, in my first half I was running like nine fifteens, and then there's some really brutal hills in the second half of that course. And uh-huh. uh, there's so many people that run these races. Like when I ran the Brooklyn one, I was lucky enough to be in the first wave. So the first wave runs at like 7.15 or 7.30. Uh, but in this race, I was in the second wave. So I didn't leave until 8.30. And it makes a really big difference in the morning of how warm it gets. So the second half of this race, the sun was just like beaten down on my back. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it was only 50 degrees, but it was the sun just was i actually had a sunburn after the race and oh uh, so uh, i think i think i could have been a little faster but uh, yeah i was happy you know happy to be under 10 minutes and yeah uh, and it's got to be know. so cool to finish so so this so the new york marathon in two weeks well that that will actually be your first 26 whatever it is mile yeah. or is maybe it's slightly more i don't exactly 20, remember 26.2 okay. and in a way the fact that i'm not doing it with my dad is probably a good thing because like he didn't have anybody he knew running his first marathon with him and i think it's such even when i'm gonna do it with him it's a very personal experience because I, I doubt i'll be standing next to him the whole time regardless right. and you know it's i think uh you know it's like a almost like a tribal ancient human thing to, that needs you know it's been done for thousands of years by people to do this uh feat and i feel like because it's such a personal experience i think it's kind of kind of happy that I'm, I'm gonna yeah. do the first one by myself and then know what i'm getting myself into when i get to kind of do it you know with my dad and, yeah. and to make his dream come true basically because this has been 30 33 years or whatever it will be you know yeah. something that he wanted you know to make happen and i i guess i i kind of have wanted to to appease 
my dad as as you do you want to appease your dad yeah, you want to keep keeping dads happy it's a good thing um, that's right so i think this is actually kind of cool i mean this might just be cool for you and for me but but i think that other people get find it interesting so when you run this marathon can you have like your phone with you or like an ipod with you or something yeah definitely okay cool so that that's good because or else this question would be totally irrelevant but so what's what is frank what is on your playlist for this how are you going to get yourself fired up and going through this whole thing <laughs> It's a good question. You know, actually, I, I was training a lot more when I was running faster. I was training a lot more with music last year. But then my dad was like, you can't, you can't hear what's going on around. It's not safe. You can't run with music. And so, and uh-huh. then, um, I don't know if you ever listened to the, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, what's the most popular podcast out there? Um, the comedian. Joe Rogan. Seth, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Rogen, Joe Rogan, <laughs> and he—he's really afraid of mountain lions. So he—that's uh, the reason he typically doesn't. A, he considers it cheating when you run with music because he's like, you know, the part of the experience is that you're, you know, you're—it's like a meditative thing. And when you're listening to music, you're kind of cheating. And then secondly, you know, he—he he lives in mountain lion country, so he wants to make sure there's no mountain lions because I think he has kind of an irrational fear of mountain lions. Oh, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but in any case, uh, you know, I like to listen to, you know, like kind of rock music. Um, it's weird, though. Some songs like really, for whatever reason, even if they're like a rock song that I love when I'm norm- not running, but when I'm running, some songs like I can't run to. And it's weird. I don't know why. Like, there's a Radiohead song like Jigsaw Falling Into Place. When that song comes on, yeah. it's something about the guitar. I think it's because the guitar tone is so fat. It slows me down. I don't uh, understand why. Interesting. Uh, but sometimes I have like a hip hop mix. I'll listen to like classic uh, hip hop, uh, like, you know, Biggie and, and Tupac and stuff like yeah. that. And then, and then sometimes I'll do the opposite. Sometimes I'll listen to like, you know, like MGMT and Nirvana. I really like uh, Shellac actually, which is uh, Steve Albini's band. Oh, okay. Uh, I never actually heard them before I recorded with Steve. And I, my rock band recorded with Steve a couple of years ago. Wow. And, uh, after that, I, I got I got into shellac. So they're they're like a really kind of funny. I, I tend to like funny music. So I, I like uh, I think it's probably because I make kids music, but I really like like <laughs> uh, Ween uh-huh. um, and uh, Primus. Ween, Primus, and shellac I think are like three of my favorite uh, bands to go see, just because they're like you know I want to chuckle while rocking out. I right. kind of you know Jerry was a race car driver. Uh, my name is Mud. Like you know, your your kind of bigger hit Primus songs, anything off of Frizzle Fry. I like all that. It's <laughs> amazing. This is a, this is a first a first first talk about Primus on the uh, on the Good Stuff Kids podcast, and I'm glad it happened because they're I would say underrated and Les Claypool. If you're a musician, like he plays bass in a really different and and really cool kind of way. I think like especially like My Name Is Mud. You know, yeah. that's that's just the one I know best. I didn't really get into them, but like really fun song really like interesting and like the instruments are all over the place like it's it's actually a little bit shocking that it was a hit right because that guitar is so dissonant um yeah when they all come together so okay well, well that and, and it's interesting uh i think that's what makes roll it poly kind of a um you know we're kind of a quirky kids band because sure. we're not you know the most i mean some of our stuff is you know obviously kind of more pop but i mean Andrew and I were both very heavily influenced by Primus and Ween. So like yeah. you, you could definitely hear like if like if you listen to Swim Like the Dolphin song, he's his bass lines 
especially on the earlier records are really uh uh intricate you know because he's he's a really fantastic bass player and yeah. uh, we write a lot of the songs around bass because like a lot of the bands uh we like you know we're kind of like that yeah. um but also um you i don't know if you if you know this but on um on our album chips and salsa the last track on it is this land is your land and it's we've recorded that song uh on like every other album yeah. <laughs> we've made uh, we had our friend Gene, who's in my dad's band, singing on the first album, and then uh, Brady, uh, Brady, and I are singing it on "Houses of the Moly." We do like a, a shortened <laughs> version. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then on Chips and Salsa, I, I actually had watched this Woody Guthrie documentary, and he was really against people playing only half of his song. He's like, people just play the happy part; they don't like get to the point of the song, and like he was really discouraged by that. So uh-huh. I made sure. Um, that we did the whole song or at least, you know, there's a lot of verses for that song, but we did like five or six verses on the chips and salsa version. And, um, Mike Dillon who plays vibes and marimba for, and percussion for Les Claypool. Oh. And he's also on the, the Primus album, uh, where they do all the Willy Wonka, uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory, um, okay. songs. Okay. So he's, he's been playing with Les Claypool since the early two thousands. So he's playing, uh, vibes and marimba on our version of this land is your land um oh and and, then, and we have uh jen chapin which is harry chapin's daughter she's singing on it and then we have both of tom chapin's daughters uh lily and abby are, are singing on it so there's three three chapins and mike dylan so that's kind of like our star-studded uh i don't think we'll re-record this land is your land again i don't think unless it's like a <laughs> live album because <laughs> third third time i think we got all the verses and like you know all the chapins and star-studded uh cast of and uh peter our, our, our who was our drummer on that album plays like a really great drum solo with mike dylan in the beginning of the song too yeah. so your listeners you should check out, out uh, that one yeah everybody should yeah and uh i mean that's so crazy you know i'm, I'm thinking that now you've opened up like the floodgates on like the less the less Claypool era of like stuff that I know you know like I was into the the band that he was in did he was in a band with like Trey Anastasio and Stuart Copeland right yeah and they're Oyster. Oysterhead right so I I mean you know I'm genetically predisposed to like be into anything Trey Anastasio does like that's just like how how I grew up in high school and I just thought that was such an interesting pairing and uh I, yeah. I I didn't listen. To, did you listen to them at all? I mean, we're, yeah, we're... I, I saw them at uh, Bonnaroo. I think in two thousand and six. Okay, I them, which was yeah. really cool. Uh, and actually, it's funny because in two thousand five, I was working at Sam Ash in uh, in Manhattan on Forty uh, Eighth Street when it was still there. Yeah. And uh, and this, I was working in keyboards, and this guy walks in, and it was Trey Anastasio. Wow. And. Um, at the time I'd been covering that song shadow of a man on that record, like with my band uh-huh. and, uh, and it was right before oyster had announced that they were going to do another tour. And so I had mentioned it to him like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I've been covering that song shadow of a man. And he looked at me really weird <laughs> because I think he was like, how did this guy know? We didn't even announce yet that we're getting back together. So I don't know. Oh, but I sold Tran Anastasio a keyboard. So oh, I, nice. Nice. That was in- uh, that's cool. I, I, so, okay, so we are like way off script just because yeah. like you are uh, you you got a lot of awesome awesome uh, lot awesome stories and and I you know I could talk about this stuff all day. But um, let's uh, let's 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 focus on Roly Poly Guacamole, and I'm only saying that to myself because I'm the one that's gonna, that's let us sort of veer out of here. Um, you just 
sort of very casually dropped like one of the greatest album titles in not just like the kids and family music genre, but like in any genre, Houses of the Moly. Um, so I hope that I hope that you get the appropriate like respect and love for that particular album title. So before we turn to the the brand new single, if there were people that were new to Roly Poly Guacamole, what would be like two or three of your favorite songs up to this date that you would want people to to listen to as like this is the example of what we're all about? Well, I'd say like you know the album Chips and Salsa is kind of like our our premier record up to this point because um when we when we formed the band like we basically the the way that this band formed is that my my dad and andrew we were going to record a rock record and my dad was driving me and andrew to the studio and they teamed up on me and they're like you can make rock music anytime you want but you have these kids songs and this could be a great career choice for you and we were in college still and i was like oh okay fine like they really you know they, they teamed up on me and we recorded Roly Poly Guacamole, Tick Tock, and Carpenter Paul, and then uh, and then songs came out good, and we booked some like little gigs and stuff, and and then Andrew actually moved away for a little bit, and and we we had recorded these other songs, and I finished the rest of the record uh, where we laid down the songs first, and then we had a drummer come in after. So anyway, the first two records have a lot of great songs, but we were still learning how to record and stuff. So when we made Chips and Salsa, we took our favorite songs from the first two records and re-recorded them with Dean Jones. Um, and, uh, and our Peter, who is our second drummer and it, all the songs were really honed by that point. Cause we'd been playing them for like, you know, seven years or something. Mm-hmm. And so chips and salsa, any, any songs on there, I'd say are, are good ones. Probably like roly poly guacamole, of course. Um, people seem to really like uh, red light, green light. Um, let's see what else. I mean, our version of this land is your land is pretty, I think it's a pretty good rendition of it. Um, what else is on there? Uh, on our album we made put out before that, though, which is one of my other favorite records we made called Triathlon. Um, the Botanic Garden song is is uh, one of my favorite songs. Uh, Christian, who is our original drummer, kind of switched over to uh, lead guitar for the albums because he, he moved to Massachusetts, so he wasn't able to dig with us. So he's playing like really great lead guitar on the Botanic Garden song. But I'd say like the fan favorites are... Uh, don't poop on me pigeon which is which is on triathlon because uh-huh. that one the bigger kids t- tend to like don't poop on me pigeon yeah and, uh, totally. and then everybody likes fire truck which is ivan Ulse's song it's not our song but uh-huh. uh uh it's really great i ivan uh, um was a friend of mine as a kid and like out of, of my dad's um so i, I i've known ivan for a really long time and he's really great because uh he's been so supportive of us playing his song uh, over the years, he he actually had his own radio show, and uh, he did like a best of the fire truck song radio show, and you know, and he was nice enough to say that like our cover version of his song is his favorite cover version of his song. So oh. uh, people sometimes think it's our song, and it's definitely Ivan Alsa's song, but uh, people seem to it's a really rocking, and that one's on uh, Houses of the Moly. <laughs> so great. So okay. I'd say yeah, Roly Poly Guacamole, Fire Truck. Don't poop on me, pigeon. I think if I had to pick three, those would probably be my three. Awesome. All right, folks. So those are the ones that you got to pay attention to. But in addition, we'll set the scene a little bit. It is today is October twenty eighth. It is 
8.25 Central Time, 9.25 Eastern. It is probably around the fourth inning of the Red Sox and Astros game. Um, I was at that the game last night. I don't know if you, you saw that. It was an epic, like, five-hour game with, like, you know, too much interference from the ump in terms of, like, replay and how to make the calls and a lot of amazing plays and things like that. But all of it points to the fact that you have released a new brand new right it's i'm i think it's out now if not you can correct me yeah. but yeah brand, it is out okay out last last week i think okay so in honor of the baseball playoffs there's a brand new roly poly guacamole song called a bada bada so frank the song is awesome and i think it sums up like some of what roly poly guacamole is all about but how, tell me a little bit about this song and what inspired you to write like a I would say like kind of like an ode to uh, one of the great things that you can say at a baseball game. Well, you know, it's it's weird because, you know, when you write a song, there's so many different ways you can go about it. You know, you can come up with the words first, you can come up with the concept and then kind of write music toward the concept. But this was a, one of those weird uh, and a lot of times Andrew and I write together, uh, you know, and we sit down, and we're like, we're going to write a song. But this was like I kept playing this riff um, for a while and I was like, what? does this sound like like i couldn't figure out what it sounded like and i wrote almost the whole song um and i'm like it sounds kind of like rush i think you know it's kind of got like a prog rock thing going on <laughs> uh but then i couldn't figure it out and then it just yeah it came to me it's pr probably because i watched ferris bueller's day off so many times uh as a kid you know <laughs> yeah uh, uh, but uh yeah it's it's like you know the most natural thing you could say and then once i figured out the a bada bada bit then I'm like, okay, this is a baseball song. Let, you know, how how can I work the rest of it? And it was, um, yeah. It got, after that, it all kind of fell into place. But it was ba it basically, I wrote the riff first, and then I realized on the beginning part that it's gonna be a bada 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 a bada 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 a bada 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 a. Uh, and then uh, we we played we we have a couple new songs because we're working on the new record. Um, but this is one of the few times where I actually have been doing like three or four songs at a time and then we're going to go back and do another three or four songs so uh this this was the one that we after playing all summer long uh like three or four new songs this is the one that the band kind of felt we liked playing the best so, so cool sorry to interrupt are, are you playing this so you're playing the song live like that, get, that gets pretty yeah. quick that a bada bada yeah we 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 start it really when we play it live we uh we try to get the kids to say it very slowly before any of the instruments come in, we, we kind of go over it a couple times as a band. And then we start the song, um, we start the song, kind of taper it in when we do it live. So we'll do a bada bada bada, a bada bada bada, a bada bada bada, hey, and then we kind of pick it up so that, I mean, by the time though we're going full speed, I think it's pretty hard for even a lot of adults to, to do it. Like a <laughs> drummer is like, it's too fast. You just do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome so the song is great and it's great to hear that you guys are, are back at it and um you know is there do you have like a timeline or this is just the kind of thing that the album's gonna be done when the album's gonna be done yeah i mean we're looking for the springish um okay. it depends on how the writing goes i know we have like the next uh i have a song uh sammy the cat ready to go uh, uh -huh. not not to be like tommy the cat but uh and uh, I think Andrew has like a country song. So we, we got to sit down and do some more work. We're simultaneously writing uh, an adult rock album and a kid's album at the okay. same time. So 
we're in production of both albums. So it's kind of like we, we got to really manage our time, uh, accordingly, but we did, we have four songs recorded so far. Uh-huh. Uh, we have an ice cream song. Uh, we actually put out jingle bells last year, which is going to be on this album, I think. Um, and we have a very, very quiet song. Oh. It's called the very quiet song. <laughs> I love it. I love it when you can really get a feel for it, but from the name, that means that's right. a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, cool. And kind of our, like our, uh, we our our friend Josh started playing drums with us in 2015. So this is going to actually be his first album, uh, that he's going to be on the whole album on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, Christian, uh, like I said, he, he's kind of switched to guitar on the last couple albums, but as of now, it's been like the fourth band member has just been Dean, Dean Jones. So like we've been tracking the um, main instruments at this uh, studio in New Jersey with our friend Max, who's produced a lot of our records. But then after we do the basic tracks, I kind of go up to Dean's and, um, you know, me and Andrew will sit with Dean and work for a day or two on, you know, the new batch of songs. And then we'll bring the tracks back to the other studio and have him mix it. So we're Dean has kind of like become our our fourth, uh, you know, yeah. guacamole, you know, <laughs> right. which is, uh, he's, he's a good guy to have, uh, yeah, on it's, I would say he is a good one to be, to be associated with. He's done a lot of amazing, amazing stuff. And to have that kind of relationship with him is really, that's really special. That's really great. So, okay. So lots coming up for, uh, Roly Poly Guacamole. Um, I will say that this was a wide ranging discussion just to sum it up because I think it's pretty cool to, talk to someone with the the range of interests that you have you know we talked about um you know primus and running marathons and baseball and your athletic upbringing and the macho man and Tranastasio. so it's it's uh it, that's just a small glimpse into all the things that go into making yeah you. we didn't we didn't even get to the new jersey devils i mean oh yeah right that's true not, not little, enough just, just a little bit but yeah yeah so um their their, their run was like astounding and awesome they were they were tough i grew up well, a sabers fan and it was like you knew whenever they played the devils it was going to be just bad news for the sabers you know they they were written off before the season started right now they're they're the only team that hasn't lost a game yet so we'll see see wow. how it goes so, so you you are um you're still following them you're still into that's, it yeah that's the andrew moved to newark a couple of years ago and he started going to games again and now you know we'll go to at least like a game a month or something that's like great. that because it's it, they I went to my first playoff baseball game. I went to the the Red Sox uh, destroying the Yankees game. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was interesting. Sixteen was to one dismantling. But, yeah, yeah. Playoff baseball was really. I went to the wild card game too, which was the craziest baseball game I've ever. Right. Played. Yeah. But but uh, playoff baseball is one thing. But every hockey game is like playoff baseball, basically. So I I prefer going to hockey games. Yeah. So okay. So since, since I, I guess we should be topical, and I guess we should say. You know, because we are approaching, you know, setting the field for the World Series. Who yes. who do you think is going to be the the world champion this year? Well, I I did not watch the game. Who won the game yesterday? Uh, the Red Sox won, so they're up okay. three to one. Good. Yeah, I I I would now that the Yankees are out, I, I would pick the Red Sox for two okay. reasons. One, uh, I just watched this Babe Ruth documentary, and it's on HBO. It's fantastic. I recommend everybody watch it. It's a, I think it's an older documentary. It's really good, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel bad about the whole curse thing and, you know, Boston keeps winning. So, and secondly, our secondary market to New York city is Boston. That's our two biggest places that roly poly guacamole uh, plays. So, uh, uh, to stay true to our fans, we really are pulling for all of our fans up in Boston, <laughs> you know, cause we, 
we spent about uh, five weeks uh, this year in Massachusetts straight. Like wow. we were there. All- we played more gigs in Massachusetts this summer than we did anywhere else. So That's we cool. we love Massachusetts. We go swimming in Walden Pond like several times a week uh-huh. uh, in the time. So, okay. Well, I'm pulling for- all right. Well, that's, that is not a, uh, that's not a bad choice. I'll say not a bad choice at all. Um, anyone, but the Dodgers, whoops, I said that up. <laughs> all right. My bad. Um, okay. So, so how do we find you? How do we follow you? Find the new music, etc. cetera. Uh, well, the new music as of now is only available on digital outlets. So you can get it on Apple music, Spotify, or YouTube. Um, and you can always go to rolypolyguacamole.com to see when we're coming to your part of town. We hope to go somewhere. We went to Alabama this past summer. We're hoping oh, nice. to go somewhere even nice. more fun uh, this coming summer. Cool. We, 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 used to, we went to Seattle like five years in a row, and then we haven't gone in the last year or so. So we, we're hoping to get back out to the West. Cool. So well, awesome. And then, you know, inst- we started using our Instagram too. So it's at uh, rolypolyguac, G-U-A-C. Yeah. I will say you do a nice job of posting like live videos. So the really poly guacamole Instagram is, is a, is a good stop to make when you're scrolling through. Thank you. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to, you know, beef it up because I took yeah. a break and now it's, it is fun. All right. So I should say good luck at the marathon. I think that's the right thing to say. Um, yes. Run hard, run strong, run fast. Run no, long. Very slow. <laughs> okay, right, right. But let me roll that back. Run slow, but run strong. Um, Thank you. All right, Frank. It was great talking to you again. Thanks so much. You too. Hope to talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again to Frank for coming on and talking about sports and Primus and all kinds of fun things. It was really great to talk to him. That was, that's uh, when I talk about like a free flowing, like seeing where the conversation goes kind of thing. That's what I'm talking about. We, uh, we were on point, but we weren't afraid to go in some different directions and we weren't afraid to talk about some different stuff, but you know, primarily we focus on Rolly Poly Guacamole and their brand new song, a bada bada. So check it out. You want to reach me? Email me, Mike at goodstuffpod.com, the at symbol goodstuffpod on social media. But enough about me. Here is A Bada Bada by Roly Poly Guacamole. Talk to you soon.
stuff.